Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I know people that tell me their mom was singing to them and praying over them when she was, when they were in their mother's womb. The baby's in their, you're in your mom's stomach and your mom is praying over you and, and singing over you and praying that you would come to know the Lord all of your life. And then you were born and you went to church and all of your life you've been hearing about the gospel, but you've never really accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior for him to come into your life, for you to be born again for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and for God to use your life. You never made that commitment. Let me tell you, can I warn you, with knowledge comes responsibility. God's going to hold us all accountable to the light that we have. Well, what about the pygmies in Africa? Even those people always say, who are the pygmies in Africa anyway? And where are they? Anybody here a pygmy? Is there a pygmy in the house? I mean, you know, people do that all the time. You know what? That's smoking screens, man. That's just smoking screens. You know, what about, how's God going to judge the pygmies in Africa? What about the pygmies in Africa? I'm like, what about them? Well, how's God going to judge them? And how God's going to, you know, they never heard the gospel. You know, that's just smoke and scream. The reality is, is that the Bible says, first of all, in Psalm 19, it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech and night unto night they scream out knowledge. So even to the person who is in the deepest part of Africa or the pygmies in Africa, God has his way of reaching them and God will judge them based on the light and the knowledge that they have. That's God's responsibility, not yours. Now, oftentimes when people ask me about the pygmies in Africa, you know what? I, I usually say to them, you know what? Don't worry about the pygmies in Africa. What about you? You live in Apex. <laughs> but what about you? Forget about the pygmies in Africa. What about you? We live in a country where we've got more Bible teaching than we can handle. We got more Bible teaching than we can handle. People talk to us about television and about our church going on television. And, you know, quite honestly, that's not where we are right now. If God wants to do that, that's great, but that's not where we are right now. Quite honestly, I think there's plenty of preaching on TV, and, and that's, that's enough. Amen. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Love Jesus. That's plenty. And we got so much. DVDs and CDs and VHS and tapes and radio and gospel programs and churches on every corner in many cities. We've got so much preaching in this country. And yet we are an ungodly country. You know what Billy Graham once said? That if God doesn't judge America, then he has to make an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's very true. That's very true. Because we are a godless country. We have in God, we trust on our money, but do we? 
I don't think so. And I believe God's going to hold us accountable for that which we know. Now, please don't leave here and think that I'm telling you that, that you know, there's different degrees of punishment in hell. That, that I'm telling you that, that hell won't be that bad. I, I'm not telling you that, okay? Because hell will be bad. <laughs> Say amen. You understand. All right. I don't want to confuse you. Because some people are like, oh, well, hell ain't going to be that bad. Well, I guess I'll just party up and go to hell, man. All my buddies in hell. All of my buddies, we're going to drink up at the bar in hell. Give me a drink. You know, go to hell. I mean, but, I mean, people. <laughs> I mean, Charles, help, man. <laughs> I met people I'm going to. But no, that's not what I'm saying because you know hell's going to be a bad, bad place. Amen? And the Bible says that in hell there's weeping and national tears. Oh, Rodney, this is not an uplifting sermon. I know. Rodney, you one of those hellfire and damn, damn, damnation preachers. Let us pray. <laughs> Father. Yeah, I actually am. I actually am. I am one of those hellfire and damnation preachers. I really am because Jesus was. You know Jesus preached more about hell than anybody in the Bible? Did you know that? Why? Because he's been there and he knows you don't want to go there. Hell wasn't created for you. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. But the Bible says that if you reject the light, if you reject the knowledge that you have been given and you don't make a personal commitment to Jesus Christ and you take your last breath here on earth, the Bible does teach. And I say this in love. Every person, hell awaits them. Jesus died. That's what this whole passion movie is all about. Jesus died so people wouldn't have to go to hell. I thank God that he died in my place. He died that I might live. And I don't have to go to hell, neither do you. If you just pray, Lord, bow your heads and pray with me right now. Pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Repeat it after me. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. And I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. And may I be born again. Spend my life in heaven with you. In Jesus' name. See, if you pray that prayer after me, you're born again right now, and heaven will be your home. It's as simple as that. No big deal. No big to do. Don't have to come down the aisle crying. And just receive him now. Amen. Would y'all clap your hands for the Lord, would you? Thank you, Lord. That's not that hard. People make a big deal out of it. Not hard at all. Just, Lord, forgive me come to my life and born again as simple as that and if you just pray that prayer you see me after service you just pray that prayer you see me after service don't leave without seeing me because I want to make sure you have a bible and stuff so you can grow up in the Lord and love God I'll induce you some people and so you can grow with them get involved in one of those home groups but see me after service and so Jesus is saying there are some homes that you won't be welcomed in. And if they don't receive you, let your peace come back to you. And that peace extends to an assurance 
that he's going to be with us. Point number eight, even in the midst of persecution. True disciples, here we go, true disciples are people who understand that this Christian life is filled with persecution, that you're going to be persecuted. Look in your Bibles again in Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 16. If you're there, say a hearty amen. Then Jesus says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and they'll scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you shall speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now, brethren, now brother will deliver up brother to death and father his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end, what saints will be saved when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the son of man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called Call, if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub or Satan or the devil, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever in verse 27, I tell you in the dark, speak in the light and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows, here it is, sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than any sparrow. True disciples, point number eight, you're taking notes. Understand that following the Lord won't be easy. There will be persecution. Now, Jesus is telling them of a future experience that they'll have in ministry. And we know from the book of Acts that this was their experience in ministry. You could also parallel this passage, verse 16 through 26. You can also parallel this passage with the time of Jacob's trouble or the great tribulation. We'll talk about that in the future. And so Jesus tells them they're to go forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, but be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Serpents were known for their wisdom and doves known for its purity. And so Jesus is saying, use wisdom and be pure in your witnessing as my disciples. Jesus is saying, I've given you authority. I've given you wisdom. I've given you peace. But there'll also come tribulation. There'll also come trial and persecution. In other words, Jesus is simply telling them this. When you go out in the ministry as my disciples, you got to understand it won't be easy. There'll be persecution. So a characteristic of a true disciple, is you got to know that there will be persecution. Now, when we began this study, I told you about the disciples. And I, and I showed you how they started in their ministry. And would you mind if I take a few moments to tell you 
how the ministry ended. How did it end, Rodney? It ended in persecution. Did you know that Simon Peter, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, the the apostles, the disciples, Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot were all crucified on the cross just like Jesus? Did you know that? All persecuted. James, the brother of John, was beheaded. John, after repeated attempts to kill him, even after trying to boil him in a vat of oil, he wouldn't die. John was indestructible. He was invincible. Why? Because God has a time. God has an appointed time for you, to, for you to leave this earth, which I'm thankful to that because every time I fly, I remind myself of that very scripture. God has an appointed time for me to fly, for me to die. And, 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 and yeah. So, and they try to kill John. John can't die. He, God's not done with him yet. So what do they do? They exile him to the island of Patmos, and it was on that island before he died that he wrote five books of the New Testament. First, second, third John, the Gospel of John, and the book of Revelation. And then John, of all the disciples, John is the only one who died of old age. The rest of them suffered persecution. Thomas, remember Thomas? Thomas is the one doubting Thomas. You remember, he's the one that Jesus said, when he said, Thomas, he says, take your fingers and put them into my hand and take your hand and put it into my side. And Thomas, don't doubt, but believe. Remember that? Well, history tells us that Thomas, he didn't doubt any longer. He trusted and he believed to the end. And then he died with a spear in his side. Isn't that interesting? John, the son of Alphaeus, or James, the son of Alphaeus, tradition tells us that he was stoned and beaten with clubs. And over and over and over again, we have these stories of Christians, of what I like to remember and bring to your remembrance, our brothers and sisters who gave their lives for the cause of Christ at the hands of their persecuting enemies. I referenced in the first service the Fox's Book of Martyrs and second and third. We're actually sold out in the bookstore today of that book, the Fox's Book of Martyrs. You want to read a good book? Pick that book up. Matter of fact, I told Elvira to order a couple of cases of them because you need to get that book. You, I don't read that many books. People give me tons of them, but I don't have time to read them all. But this is one book that I have read and have read thoroughly years ago. And it's a book you'll never forget. Because it's a book that talks about your brothers and sisters who gave their lives for the cause of Christ under persecution, awful persecution. You saw the movie Gladiator. That movie is not just a good movie. That movie really is history. And every time I see, you know, men and women and boys and girls and children being put out in the middle of the Colosseum and they starve those lions so that when they get out in the middle of the Colosseum, they run out there and they eat them and they tear them. To, to bits, all because they refused to deny the Lord who bought them with his own precious blood. And when we talk about persecution, we think we're being suffering for Jesus because the car won't work. Oh, Pastor, how you been? Oh, I'm suffering for Jesus. What's going on? Well, the microwave is down. And uh, oh, my Lord, what are we going to do? What do you want me to tell you? That's not suffering for Jesus. We're looking at people, our brothers and sisters, who really suffer. 
You know, they would take men and they would say to men, fathers, husbands, they would say, all you have to do is deny Jesus and, and we'll spare you and your family. And he would say, I can't deny the Lord. And then they would send his wife and children out there first, which is the ultimate in suffering. You know, if I have to suffer like that, I'd rather suffer first because I don't want to see my wife and my kids go through that. And so people talk about, you know, Christianity is for wimps. I've actually heard somebody say something like that. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Man, Christianity is not for wimps. Christians suffer persecution. Pick up the Fox's Book of Martyrs. You'd be blessed to read it, blessed to read it. And the next time you watch that movie, Gladiator, you watch it with a different light, with different eyes. You know, I'm thinking about those who suffer, and this man named Polycarp is probably one of my favorite. Of all of the disciples and of all of the people written about in that book, this pastor, he pastored the Calvary Chapel in Smyrna. And he was a disciple of John. And listen to his story. I'm going to read you just a brief bit of it. Church tradition tells us that Polycarp was murdered under the reign of Marcus Aurelius in 161 AD. And here's his story in short. The night before he was arrested, Polycarp had a dream that he saw himself burning on a pillow. He went to the people of his church. Remember, he was a pastor. He went to the people of his church and he told them that he must be burned alive for his faith. Well, the next day, the Romans came to arrest him. And in the midst of the arena, he heard a voice from heaven say, be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. The magistrate gave him a choice. Curse the name of Christ or be put to death. His response, 86 years I have served him and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? Well, then Polycarp went on to say, you threaten me with fire that burns for a time, but it won't be as hot as the fire that you shall experience in judgment. What are you waiting for? Do what you will. And as they were getting ready to bind him to the stake, he told them, leave me as I am, for he who gives me power to endure the fire will grant me to remain in the flames unmoved. And as the fire was kindled, Polycarp prayed, I thank you, Lord, that you have graciously thought me worthy of this day and of this hour, that I may receive a portion in the number of the martyrs in the cup of your Christ. And then they lit the fire, but Polycarp was not burned. And in a furious rage, the executors stabbed him with a spear and the streams of blood gushed out from his body and extinguished the flames. And witnesses say, when they saw that happen, they say they saw a dove fly up from him into the heavens. And of course, many, many, many people gave their lives to Jesus Christ that day. Isn't that awesome? You talk about persecution? Man. Christianity is not for wimps. And I'll tell you something. When I read that book, I go away thinking, you know what? I am proud to be a Christian. And don't let Satan tell you that being a Christian is for wimps or you need to be ashamed or a secret agent Christian. Don't, don't do that. No, you should be. You know, it is an honor. Listen, listen close. It is an honor to be a Christian. It is an honor to be a man of God. It is an honor to be a woman of God. 
It's a blessing and an honor. And it's a blessing and an honor for anybody who knows you to be in your presence as a Christian because you are here and you'll bless their life. You'll make a difference in their life. You'll tell them about God. You'll, you'll, you'll be a blessing to them. And that's, that's an honor. That's an honor to be associated with these men and women who have given their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. I mean, giving them their lives to the point of even death, of torture. It's a blessing to be in the ranks of such men and women of God. And I will not, and don't you allow anyone to cause you to shrink back or deny the Lord who bought you. It's a blessing to be a Christian. I'm proud to be a Christian. Don't tell anybody. Amen. Proud to be a Christian. I feel like saluting the Lord. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'm proud to be a Christian. And the world wants you to be shy. Don't tell them. No, not Christianity stuff. Oh, now it's a private matter. Well, thank God the apostles didn't think it was private because we wouldn't be saved. You see, Christians, true disciples, they understand persecution awaits. Christian life's a battleground, not a playground. There's persecution that awaits, but God is with us. Amen. God is with us. And then our last and final point, I'll make it quick. Christians are not people who fear men. Christians fear God. Did you notice that in verse 27 through 31? Christians fear God. Three times in that text, verse 27 through 31, we're told not to fear. Verse 26, fear not. Verse 28, don't fear. Verse 31, do not fear. Because our tendency is to be afraid. But a disciple of Jesus has a fear of God and not of men. Notice in verse 28, don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, there are some who say this is Satan. Fear Satan because he's able to destroy both body and soul. That is not what this implies. It is not what this means. Actually, this is saying we need to fear the Lord because the Lord is in control of your body and soul. See, Satan, contrary to popular opinion, is not in charge of anyone's soul. Satan is in charge of nothing. Same men, saints. Same people are like, oh, Satan is, Satan that, Satan is, Satan that, Satan is, Satan that. Satan's in charge of nothing. God is puppeting Satan for his glory. And it's all coming to an end. You know that. So we don't need to fear Satan. We fear God. Fear him who is able to destroy the body and the soul. You see, don't fear man because all man can do to you is kill your body. But you're like, Roddy, is that not bad enough? I mean, wouldn't that be in the category of not good? Um, No, no, quite honestly, that would be in the category of very good. Because you'll get to heaven all that much sooner. So you don't need to fear man. All they can do is kill your body. So what? But we're to fear God because God has control of your body and your soul. That word fear means to reverence. It doesn't mean like to uh, shrink back, but it means to reverence God and to fear God. You see, so no need to fear man. Why? Because God is in control. He even knows when a sparrow falls from the ground. He even knows when one little sparrow falls from the ground to the ground. And he knows the number of hairs on your head. Now, the Lord delights to count the hairs on my head. 
It's easy for him. There ain't that many up there. But he knows the number of hairs. That's an awesome, awesome God. Isn't that an awesome God? He knows the hair, number of hairs on your head. I mean, even like, you know, every day you comb some of them out and he just attracts. You know? And that's what they tell me. And so he knows. So no need to fear man because God is in control and God understands and God knows everything. And true disciples, they don't fear men because if you fear men, you can't please God. And that's what he's telling his disciples. If you fear men as you're going out into the ministry, you can't please God. You can't do what I've called you to do if you're fearful of men. So don't be fearful of men. Fear God. Love God. Understand that discipleship is more than a passive call or a casual commitment. It's every day. God is all of me, all of my life. Lord, I give it to you. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.